Okay, you're probably going, is this like an Oxima commercial or what? But seriously, I actually have a way normal life for a teenage girl. I mean, I get up, I brush my teeth, and I pick out my school clothes. Daddy's a litigator. Those are the scariest kinds of lawyers. Even Lucy, our maid, is terrified of him. And Daddy's so good, he gets $500 an hour to fight with people. But he fights with me for free because I'm his daughter. Daddy! Cher, please, don't start with the juice again. Daddy, you need your vitamin C. Where's my briefcase? It's been a couple months now, so I said we'd go out to Malibu. Don't tell me those brain-dead lowlifes have been calling again. They are your parents. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. And she says, you bought the Clueless soundtrack? You know, I saw that uh, that bucket of meat. To the quad. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. Oh, my God. Like the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> the greater good. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, that could not have been better. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, yes, that was great. Obviously, and again, that was Andrew, not Sam. Sam is not here again tonight. Uh, some things just kind of happened. We had to reschedule some stuff and life got in the way and that's fine. So here we are, but that's, uh, yeah, so here we are. So episode 412. And in case you couldn't tell by the intro or what Andrew just said, tonight we're talking about Clueless, 1995's Clueless. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew. Screams in terror every time he has to merge onto the highway, Jimison. <laughs> That's not really far from the truth. Um, judging by the traffic where I live, that actually happens on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, getting on I forty near Asheville, I'm sure, is pretty fun. Just like getting on four eighty five here in Charlotte, where everyone thinks that because we live near a racetrack, they must drive like uh Dale Earnhardt Jr. Well, they're totally practicing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you have to, you have to practice in your vehicle without a license. That's uh and making their cheap seat reviews debut is Meg uses a computer to pick out her clothes. Oh my god, I wish. <laughs> and and Carla can argue her way out of any situation. And um, into <laughs> and into most situations from the Bed, Wed, or Behead podcast. Ladies, thank you so Hi. much for joining us. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. I really I We're do glad. I remember watching this movie and that was what I wanted was I wanted a computer to pick up my clothes for me at yes. all times. Well, mostly I wanted like a closet that size. I didn't care if it was full of clothing. I just wanted a closet that size. Yeah. So you can put a bean bag in there and just read. Of course. I mean, same. <laughs> <laughs> and the the motorized uh, like you know clothes thing, right? Like that was yeah. just really. That I was feel really like impressive. maybe one time she went with her dad to pick up dry cleaning and saw those little motorized clothing things and was like daddy i want that in my room and mel was like all right let's get this for our room I Why think I, want, up yet? I think i want that set up more now than i probably did when i was a teenager though, sure. because yeah. i don't want to think about what i'm wearing sure correct <laughs> i wear like the auto set where you just like, <laughs> you pick sweatpants and a t-shirt 
my my favorite bit part of this whole bit and we're going to get into the actual show here in just a second but my favorite part of that bit is so she's first of all touchscreen in 95 it's pretty high tech yeah you know like that's 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 pretty high tech but also i don't know if you noticed this and i only noticed this because i just pulled clips uh about 30 minutes ago uh from that scene is when she hits dress me it shows a picture of her in underwear that meant that she yes. had to pose for a picture <laughs> in underwear so that the the computer could could generate clothes over top like why was it important that she was you know what i'm saying like she could have been in well yeah. she doesn't trust mirrors so she had to take <laughs> the polaroids or the polaroids and it's like a paper doll yes yeah. it's exactly that i was going to say that they they're all pose the same way so maybe she hires somebody to just make the pose the share the computer pose <laughs> yeah i just god knows share was not going to do that i just i just right. i just think it's funny that there's somebody some la photographer had to you know put a 16 year old in underwear and take pictures of her so. <laughs> all right yeah that's a good point yeah that's how i went in the 90s i guess i guess <laughs> So, yeah, 95's Clueless. I'm very excited to talk about this movie. Uh, you two, uh, I think Meg, you and I were negotiating the movie, and you jumped to this. I don't even think I made this as a suggestion. I think you just said, I want to do Clueless. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah I don't, it's, one of, it's one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah, and ever. the thing is, we can't really talk about it on our podcast because we have rules about who we can and can't, uh, like what the characters we can Marry or kill, or right? Bed, wet, or behead. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, in that group is minors. And since most of these people are underage, we're like, we're not going to do clueless, unfortunately. So this is just like a really good opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, it would be like we'd be playing with Miss Geis, Josh, and 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 (laughs) And Mel. Mel. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like this. Like, what would we do? Well, and it's funny (laughs) because I asked you that. I was like, hey, are we going to play your game for the thing, you know, for our show? And you were like, no, because they're minors. And and so I'm like, oh, that's actually a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Now, of course, the actors aren't, but the characters are. Right. So because. Yeah. That's why we played with Harry Potter and we had to play with the teachers, like the dads. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, there's there's but there's enough adult characters in those series that yeah. like that's okay, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess take go and take a second to explain what your show is in case people who are listening to to this aren't really familiar with what your show is. To give us mainly to give us a little more context there. Meg's going to do cuz she's always eager to do it. <laughs> We're too bad. No. Um so our show is basically Carla and I are best friends and for years most of our conversation takes place online because we live on opposite sides of the country and so much of our conversation kind of revolved around the fictional people that are inhabiting our brains in space at the time. And we decided that we would start a podcast because we knew everyone wanted to hear our thoughts. Um <laughs> About fictional characters. So our podcast is basically we play Bed, Wed, Behead or FMK with fictional characters. And we do character analysis and kind of talk about the show and context of the show and history, depending on what we're talking about. And then we decide who we're going to marry, who we're going to sleep with and who we're going to kill of these fictional characters. <laughs> and we drink. And that's kind yes. of... <laughs> <laughs> that's the big factor of our... Of our get-togethers, our virtual get-togethers, is the alcohol. 
Nice. <laughs> and it started as an excuse for us to kind of just talk to each other and spend time with each other each week. And it's kind of evolved into more. Cool. That's great. <laughs> well, you, you guys cracked me up and uh, I've listened to you, your appearances on some other podcasts that I, that I'm fans of. And so it's, this was uh this was definitely a pleasure for me to have you guys come on. And it was, it was one of those where I think Meg, when I reached out, I was like, how have I not had you on the show already? Yeah. Uh, and I was like, you've mentioned you should have me on the show many times and then never actually said it. Yeah. Never actually did it. So. <laughs> and the thing is like, you know, we want people to seek us out. We're not going to go out and like seek people out. Sure. So, um, come to us. Yeah. Right? Well, there, there is something to be said. <laughs> there is something to be said. Uh, it's a little bit of an ego thing when you're, when you want, like if someone asked you to be on their show, you're like, Hey, that's cool that someone wants me on. But when you're like, Hey, can I, can I come on your show? Like, it, you know, it's a little bit of, uh, uh, Oliver with the you know the extra food bit, right? Right. So, Please, uh, maybe on your podcast. Yeah, exactly. So it feels a little different. Um, and and that's okay. We have we have no real shyness about that. We're just very lazy. That is true. <laughs> we true. did. We have bullied Jesse before. <laughs> sure. Well, he's very bullyable. Mm. Actually, he's not. But um, and he listens to this show, so he'll he'll appreciate that. Uh, cool. All right. So let's get into the show. 1995's Clueless. Andrew, what is this movie? If you've been living under a rock, shallow, rich, and socially successful Cher is at the top of her Beverly Hills high school uh, pecking scale. Seeing herself as a matchmaker, Cher first coaxes two teachers into dating each other. And that's where it stops. That's not what this movie is completely about. Uh, but IMDb says that's what it's about. So okay. We'll find out more. That, that feels IMDb like IMDb is shallow. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> that feels like the, the IMDb clued in or uh, clued in it uh, uh, cued in on the uh, like the secondary story. Right. It's like they got some weird AI because I don't know what a pecking scale is. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's pecking order. I've heard okay. pecking order. Yeah. <laughs> It does it kind of does feel like a robot wrote that? You're not wrong. Uh, it's 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 like those automated messages you get. You know, like as a podcast, uh, you know, you get like these automated messages that I am podcast promoter. I am great podcast promoter for Americas. Please let me podcast promote you. Yeah, I get. I make transcript good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those are pretty great. Those are great. Um, I'm a I'm a big fan of those. I I love. Uh, there's a there's a Twitter user out there that he just messes with them. It cracks me up. the The one he did recently where he pretended to be a cannibal was really funny. <laughs> uh, it, it, that cracked me up. Anyway, nice. Not promoting cannibalism. Just saying what he did was funny. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Sure. Well, let's just see how the night goes. All right, so let's uh, pull up a comfy chair and dive into Clueless. Uh, I think I've already said that. I, I'm, uh, I'm, a, I'm a broken record right now, and that's okay. So this was directed by Amy Heckler. Heckling, excuse me. Heckling. I got to say it. Heckling. I'm adding extra syllables. <laughs> she is known for a lot of things, uh, but she directed, well, she's directed a bunch of stuff, including National Lampoon's European Vacation, she directed, oh my gosh, she directed Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Johnny Dangerously. What? Yeah. Yep. 
you know, with the intro by Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, she also uh, directed four episodes of the Clueless TV series, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, yes. yeah. I, I mean, it's I knew best that, we but all, I forgot. It's best we all forget that. Yeah, she was, was a writer for Look Who's Talking, though, yes. which I feel like everyone needs to know. Okay. <laughs> Find this gem. <laughs> She also directed and wrote something called Loser, which stars Jason Biggs and uh, Mina Suvari and Dan Aykroyd, Andy Dick, and a bunch of other people Clearly I don't know. a classic. Yeah, no. I've, I've never heard of it, so there's that. But that's not really saying anything. Let's see. She's also directed mostly TV at this point. Gossip Girl, uh uh, Rudd Oaks, Weird City, Royalties. That's what she's working on right now. Something called Royalties. And she's gotten some writing credits too. She wrote she wrote a clueless episode of for the Muppets. <laughs> That's amazing. She also directed one of my favorite really awkward episodes of The Office, uh, Hot Girl with Amy Adams. Oh, she did? Oh, yeah, yeah. She did, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I should have known that. It's so cringy. It is very cringy. Oh, and Clueless, she is one of the, she's the maid of honor. Yes. In, in the movie. So that's cool. Huh. Putting yourself in the movie, getting to be a fancy dress. So I guess what I'm saying is that just from her just looking at her credits there, I mean, she knows how to direct some some comedies, some teenage comedies there. And uh and again, say what you will about Johnny Dangerously. I think that's a funny movie. So she gets I think so too. <laughs> she gets bonus uh, points in my opinion for that. So uh, we'll do our five-word reviews. Andrew, uh, you lead off, please. Sure. Um, my first one is um, actually – wait, no, this is five words. Uh, so many middle school memories. <laughs> like, I know this came out in 95, and I wasn't in middle school yet, but I wasn't allowed to watch it until I was a little bit older, and that was about the time middle school uh, came around. So, yeah, it just brought back like all these emotions and memories came flooding back when I watched this because I honestly haven't seen it since probably about then. And uh, just every it, it is so 90s, like the, the whole movie is just everything. If you're a 90s baby, um, yeah, this is up your alley <laughs> for sure. Uh, my second five word review is film that defined a generation. Absolutely. And, okay. you know, I really started to to think about all the things, especially a lot of the words that I remember saying. And I remember people in my school saying, and yeah, the hand gestures, like the whatever and the loser and, you know, just all these <laughs> things that I remember coming out of this movie. Um, and it really did, I think, define a generation of people much like. Uh, 16 Candles and Babysitter's Club did for the generation before. And, um, you know, I, I guess I don't know what the equivalent would be today. Maybe, well, Mean Girls is older now as well. But, you know, it, it's kind of on the same level as those films. Um, and there, there of course, were other things that are very similar to this in, in regards to style and feeling like um, 10 Things I Hate About You. And, you know, it's just a, it's a teen movie. Um, but this one was really just, I don't know what it was about this one. Maybe it was the, I don't want to say it's the first of its time because it wasn't, but I feel like maybe the first in the nineties, maybe that, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm misremembering some things, but 
No, it was completely iconic. I mean, it was yeah. it it was what it's still something that people quote and talk about. So yeah, yeah, I totally get what you mean. The and I forgot how funny this movie was. I mean, just you know, I kind of started when <laughs> when Sean said we were watching Clueless. Um, I kind of went, oh, okay, Clueless. <laughs> I'm so glad the boobs are on. Um, but but then after I watched it, I was like, that. I'm really glad I watched that. It was it brought back so many memories. And the scene where uh, Dion is driving, and, and it's funny that you made that my middle name, Sean, because that's the one scene that I think I was te- tearing up, just laughing so hard from that scene. The old lady flipping them off. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember driving with my now wife at you know for the first time and she pretty much treated me that way uh as a driver <laughs> and still does sometimes <laughs> um but it just yeah i like this movie i think it's a lot of fun and uh it, it's dated because of some of the technology and and clothing and all that but you know what it's it is a time capsule yeah it's a product of its time definitely yeah I feel like it's timeless. I mean, I think, I think despite the dated technology we see in some of the more dated clothes, especially with Iggy Azalea kind of bringing back the, some of the outfits that Cher wears Mm -hmm. um, a few years ago in her, in her music video. But I feel like the themes and the stories that are in there are, are completely timeless. If I, if I'm allowed to talk long enough, I'll get into why. But Carla won't let me because she no, knows where I'm going. To. I was actually <laughs> about to go into why because the the story is based off of Jane Austen's Emma, and it's something that um, Amy Heckerling read in high school. And when they wanted her to make a high school movie, she was like, "Oh, I read this book in high school. That would be really great to adapt for the teens of today. The teens of today being the '90s teens, not the today today teens." But yeah, like it really it really resonates. Because uh, no matter where in the time continuum you are, because teens are going to be teens and they're going to be goofy and think that they know better than everybody else. And, you know, it's it's a and also it's a great girls coming of age story, which there aren't enough of. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just trying to think of some of the other ones you think of, like Juno. Um things like that. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause this is definitely a movie where the main character actually has to grow and learn. And you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's not just the fact that she gets the guy at the end. It's that she gets the guy because she becomes, see, I don't know. That's why I'm kind of annoyed by the IMDb. Even at the beginning, I never kind of like, she's, she is kind of obsessed with her looks, but I never, I never pictured the character as being shallow. Well, and and she's I don't think she's shallow at all. I think she had her if you just look at a glance, she's very superficial, but she's also has a lot of wit and intelligence. And a lot of that is based on Emma from Jane Austen, of course, because she is Emma. The character from Jane Austen is known as like a benevolent tyrant of (laughs) her social circle within Highbury. Which is, which is where they live. And, and the high school is a lot like that, too, where Cher is kind of in charge and everything. But she's not mean. She doesn't treat people right. 
badly. I mean, she pushes that one guy off who grabs her, but he never should have grabbed her. Let's yeah, yeah. He invaded her bubble. She de- yeah, he, he deserved yeah. it. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, also, she's like, she's pretty much always nice to everyone except for the that one girl who she, she kind of bad mouths a little bit. But oh, that's Amber. Just, yeah, Amber. <laughs> Amber. Yeah. But, you know, that's... Amber deserves it. Yeah, that's but fine. I yeah. That, that um, anytime that uh, it, it's a it's a movie that is headlined by a woman, especially a movie that's been written and directed by a woman. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the way that people describe these movies and that they critique them are often very misogynistic. And it's very quick to put them down on something uh, like just calling the the main character shallow. Especially you don't really. Comedies. Yes. Uh, you yeah. don't really, they don't give you really anything in that description other than to show you that they themselves are superficial in the way that they're, they're describing a movie that has so many more layers than that. But, you know. Yeah. Further down on the page on IMDb is a better, a better description. It says, Cher, a high school student in Beverly Hills, must survive the ups and downs of adolescent life. Her external demeanor at first seems superficial, but rather it hides her wit, charm, and intelligence, which help her to deal with relationships, friends, family, school, and the all-important teenage social life. Which I feel like is a bit better than she's yeah. popular and gets that's, two teachers together. Yeah, that's, a, that's so much better of a description of the movie, yeah. I love this movie. So I, <laughs> I, I, I scrolled down on IMDb also uh, and was annoyed immediately by this. <laughs> the The tagline for the movie is kind of terrible. Uh, I'm waiting for the page to reload. The tagline is sex, clothes, popularity. Is there a problem here? Yeah. Yeah. There's a problem. <laughs> that's bad writing. Yeah, that's and, yeah. and, <laughs> and there's, I mean... There's really no sex in the movie. No, you know, well, I mean, no, except I mean, after the freeway. Well, yeah, but it's but it's a <laughs> I mean, even then it's implied. But yeah, it's a it's a comment. Hymenally challenged it might be one of my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually wish I'd have captured that, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just it, you know it's PG thirteen for sex related dialogue and some teen use of alcohol and drugs, but it's I don't know. Anyway, the other piece of trivia that I think is really funny is Alicia Silverstone actually did not know how to correctly pronounce Haitians in the classroom scene. And the right. director told the crew not to correct her because she liked it so much and wanted it to be in the film. <laughs> it, it does make so much more sense for Cher to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I've totally got this. I'm going to get on the podium and give everybody a piece of my mind about these Hadians. Yeah. And how we get to <laughs> party with them. <laughs> Just move some things around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, I love it so much. Some of this other trivia is really interesting. Like Paul Rudd was actually mugged while filming and he had his backpack oh, really? stolen, which held the script. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's I crazy. I'm sorry. I can't believe they put it on there. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would tackle Paul Rudd. Not really. Please don't send lawyers. After me. <laughs> no, it was. It was probably coming somebody coming back from the future. Uh, yeah, because he, he's been the it same. It was age future, since Paul this movie. <laughs> future Paul Rudd. Future Paul Rudd. Wait, did I hold on? I'm confused. I saw a piece of trivia here that really has confused me. Is Jeremy Renner in this movie? No, he was actually being considered for Josh. 
Oh, okay. Okay. See, because the trivia... <laughs> well, because the trivia is like... Paul Rudd and and uh, Jeremy Renner would Jeremy Renner are in the MCU and I'm like wait a minute they're Jeremy Renner is not in this movie, right? No, because I know that they brought it up because he was considered uh, considered for Josh and then I think eventually for Christian and Paul Rudd himself auditioned for he auditioned for Christian for Murray who else uh, Elton yeah. Yeah, and the reason he auditioned for Murray is because he thought that they wanted like a white rapper, a, a white wannabe rapper type of dude. And honestly, I'm so glad he was wrong. <laughs> yeah, this is so weird. Oh this God, this trivia is really dumb. Paul Rudd and About Jeremy his- Renner were eventually would eventually work together in two MCU movies, Captain America: Civil War and Endgame, playing Scott Lang, Ant Man, and Clinton Barton. Terrence Howard, like whoever. I feel like whoever decided to write that or contribute that on IMDb got Jeremy Sisto and Jeremy Renner confused. I think you're right. Cause then it says Terrence Howard, who also appeared in an MCU movie in Iron Man played Rhodey, but was replaced by Don Cheadle. What no, does that happen? Wait, that's originally, Iron Man. Because he was originally um, <laughs> right, but he's considered not, for Murray. But he's no, not no, no, in I, the I movie. But I think, this I is think not trivia. Somebody, <laughs> I think somebody went to a trivia page and copy pasted the whole bottom section Instead of the, t- the whole thing in the top section gives you the other uh, context of like, oh, they auditioned for this role. Oh, they were considered for this role. They were just like, eh, don't want to go that far up. Nobody's going to read it anyway. But like, I, I hate everything oh, no, about totally this. And then it says it Alicia no Silverstone and Seth Green would end up working together in the movie Scooby-Doo 2. But right. Seth Green's not in this movie either. Oh, <laughs> my no. guess is he was supposed to be. I, I really I think whoever wrote the. Uh, Meyer got it. Oh, whoever wrote the IMDb synopsis that I read wrote all the trivia as well. I, think. <laughs> I don't understand they it. A completely different movie than the rest of us. Yeah. Uh, yes. One of my favorite. I like my little. This little is a heartwarming favorite. Maybe uh, they're, from a, they're Maybe. from a different dimension. Right. Where those people were cast. Yeah. The, in the, the script stolen from Paul Rudd went to a different yeah. dimension. A different and, dimension. And that's what it was. Oh, my connected. God. Yes, it all makes sense See, now. This they piece, got a low-rent cl- clueless <laughs> with Jeremy. <laughs> so this one actually makes sense. Alicia Silverstone and Paul Rudd both star in superhero movies, right? Because yes. she's in Batman and Robin and he's in Ant-Man. Like, that makes sense. That's trivia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like... I hate My that. My favorite little bit of trivia is Dan Hedaya considered this movie and his role one of his favorite filmmaking experiences. And I I love him in this movie so much. I love Mel. I think it was such a great um I'm gonna be so obnoxious saying adaptation <laughs> over and over again. But because in the book her father is like a really a massive hypochondriac mm-hmm. and I really like how they changed it up in this movie and he is just like I love it's like tell me what the problem is and we'll figure out a way to argue about it <laughs> and it's just it's sweet I love their relationship too so much between Cher and her dad I just I love how much he loves her for who she is I mean the fighting for better grades I guess is a skill to teach <laughs> But so I, so that's a note. We're going to do all the rest of our five word reviews here in just a second. I know I've, I've, we're, we're way off script, but I don't care. But I did write 
uh, where is it? Where is it? Oh, like nearly my last note is I really like her relationship with her dad. Like yes. it's actually yeah. really sweet and kind of endearing. I don't know. Like, like you see movies like this where like, I think of, um, is it 10 things I hate about you, which is taming of the shrew or she's all that. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 10 yeah. things I hate about you. So the dad the in that movie is the same. It's the same thing. Kind of crazy overbearing dad. It kind of likes to just yell at the guys, right? Yell at the boys, which I think is well, funny, but it's a lot different in the 10 things I hate about you. It's one of the things I actually am not a huge fan of watching it now as an adult. And especially as a parent, um, his, obsession with his daughters growing like against his daughters growing up and the like inherent misogyny of making them, oh, sure. them wear the pregnant belly before they're allowed to do anything. And, <laughs> I forgot and, about it's been it's too long since I've seen where, it. Yeah. It's one of those things where in 2000 or 1999, it was like considered this funny thing. But as we have grown, I want to say and learn more, it's been like, yeah, that's not great. <laughs> yeah, but that happens yeah. all the time. I mean, they drop the R word in this movie, and my wife looks over yeah. me and goes, "All yeah. oh, right, we're still in the '90s." I'm like, "Yeah, um, yeah." Um, but my point was is that I really do kind of I like their relationship because it's like she really cares about her dad, and she's mm-hmm. really sweet on him. You know, like when like the whole the whole bit about share get in here. Yes, Daddy, what are you wearing? <laughs> this is a dress. Says who? Calvin Klein. Go put something over it. Okay. Like she doesn't argue. She doesn't pitch a fit. She just, mm-hmm. now the thing she puts she on it. She just puts on a sheer. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, that doesn't cover anything. It basically does nothing, but yes. Yeah. And, or when she's in her pajamas pacing outside, he's yes. like, what's up, daddy? Like she's Why are you dancing in front of my office? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it, it just every moment that they have, every scene that they have together, I absolutely love it. Yeah. They, they feel like, like a real parent child relationship. And, you know, she's an only child and her mom is not in the picture. So she feels like, and this is one of those things that is so great about her, is she tries to take care of the people that she loves. She loves her dad, so she's always after him. You know, make sure you're taking your medicine. No, daddy, you can't have that meatball sub. Don't be ridiculous. Um, You know, drink this orange juice, for God's sake. We have to go see your parents. All of these things that she does because she loves him so much. And he, he loves them? her. Oh, the, those uh, brain dead losers. Brain dead degenerates. Like, right? Degenerates, yeah. Or life suckers or something. Yeah. I don't know. He reminded me of my grandpa, though, when he yelled at Ty to get out of his chair. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> but he, he loves her so much. Like, he takes care of her, but he also gives yeah. her independence. He trusts her and he trusts her, her judgment, except for, you know, not wearing. Close. Something like a better coat for that yeah. Calvin Klein dress, which. Uh, yeah, here, yeah, here's the line of things. This is me for free because I'm his daughter. Daddy. Cher, please don't stop with the juice again. Daddy, you need your vitamin C. Where's my briefcase? It's been a couple months now, so I said we go out to Malibu. Don't tell me those brain dead lowlifes have been calling again. Lowlifes. <laughs> they are your parents. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love it. Okay. Meg, what's your five word review? Okay, it's going to be really anticlimactic after all I said. Um, It's my favorite modern adaptation. (laughs) I just, it's it's really hard for me to come up with five words, big shock, and anything that I really like. But I just, I love this movie so much. Um, I agree with Andrew. It brought back so many memories. I was 
10 when this movie came out and it really kind of shaped a lot of what I thought high school was going to be. Um, but yeah, I just, I love it. Um, I love the book, Emma. I love a lot of the, the adaptations of it, but this is probably one of my favorite ones. And it actually came out a couple of years before, like a real Austin or Emma adaptation came out with Gwyneth Paltrow, which just doesn't hold a candle to it. Okay. That's my 37 word review. <laughs> no, that's fine. You, you did five word review. That's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, Carla. Okay. I couldn't decide, so I'm going to give you both. That's fine. The first one is like totally classic, you know? <laughs> nice. And the second <laughs> one is I'd break for that wardrobe. Nice. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's uh, it. Yeah, nope. yeah. Meg cover everything else. No, that's fine. It's fine. Uh, we we we've kind of jumped all around, and that's fine. Uh, so my fiber review is um, teen rom com. That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to add a, a, the sixth word to say that's actually funny, but <laughs> so I well, I you went push together rom com, and you're fine. That's true. Yeah, if that if it I is a hyphen. if I hyphen rom com, you're right. So if I hyphen rom com, teen rom com, that's actually funny. Exclamation! There you go. Funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll do I did that just thing, and I and I say that because I was on another podcast not that long ago where uh, their whole podcast is about um, tearing apart movies that are traditionally beloved. And the movie that I picked mm. was American Pie. I hate that movie. I don't like it. I have, Same. I have Agreed. always, you know, people said, oh, that's the movie of my generation. And I said, no, I don't want to be a part of that generation because everyone in that movie is non-likable. There's not a likable character in that movie. They're all, they're all terrible people. They all suck. And... Yeah. I mean, some of them are funnier, but like the only nice person or the likable person is Jason Biggs' dad, right? Like, and it's because it's Eugene Levy. It's because it's, it's Eugene, Eugene Levy. Right. Like he's the only likable person. Otherwise. That's Carla's big crush in that movie, too. <laughs> Not in that movie. In Splash. In all God, movies. Like, no, I Splash. just meant in all movies. Bocce balls. Um, <laughs> oh, Splash. So. So that's one of the reasons why I picked that. And there's some other rom-coms we've already kind of alluded to 10 things ahead about you, which is a pretty funny movie. And she's all that I think is, has some funny moments, but this one made me laugh like out loud belly laugh. I was having a good time. I also think, uh, to Andrew's point earlier, uh, you know, when he kind of like, Oh, clueless, but then had such a good time with it is because, we have sandwiched this movie in between two kind of heavy films. So last week we did The Wrestler, uh, Darren Aronofsky, The Wrestler. And then next week we're doing Joker, the, okay, well. the Joker film. So This is definitely the palate cleanser you need. Between it is. Two. Yeah. This is the sorbet. Yeah. And yeah. I'm really thankful for that because I didn't, it didn't, it didn't kind of hit me until earlier in this recording while I was looking to see what we're doing next. It's like, oh. We're doing that, but then we're going to come right after the Joker with men in black. So, you know, yeah. I, I like, that's a good balance. You know, you, you do your serious film and then you're going to have some kind of fun. And then, and then, so 
we're going to, I'm going to maybe keep up that. Of course, when we hit October, who knows what October is going to bring, but <laughs> that's always a fun month for us. So the last of the few notes that I have that I want to mention before we get into clips, because I have a ton of clips because <laughs> this movie is highly quotable is that uh, the soundtrack to this movie is just the best. I love it. Fantastic. I love, and when I say soundtrack, I mean the, the licensed music, there's a score. There actually is some score to this movie, uh, which is fine, but the, the licensed music. In fact, when I was pulling the clip for the intro, I noticed that from the time she starts her, her narration to the time where the movie really starts, we have three different songs. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm, I'm here for it. All of it. Like I, I love it. Like it just transitions from one song to the next. And I love it. And of course, Andrew will know this one of my favorite songs. So as I'm watching this with my wife, as I often do. Oh, oh yeah. And <laughs> sorry, I saw this too. And I was like, Oh, Sean's excited now. So, and I knew this was, <laughs> I knew this was happening. So when they go to the club and there's a band up mm -hmm. there playing. Oh, the mighty, mighty bass song. Well, I'm singing along. And my wife looks at me and she goes, you know, the words to the song. And I said, I have this album. And she says, you bought the clueless soundtrack. And I said, no, that's actually one of the first CDs I owned was the clueless soundtrack. And I absolutely loved it. Like every song on that soundtrack is a, is a banger. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. So Mighty Mighty Boss Tones were like at this time were really hot in cinema. Like there's another mm -hmm. movie called um, Father's Day with uh, Billy Crystal and yep. uh, Robin Williams. Uh, that's where I fell in love with Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the song. The song is called The Impression That I Get. The Impression That I Get. Yeah. 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 Love it. I yeah. was really bummed that they didn't have Jules' version of All by Myself in the soundtrack. Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, considering that it's that it comes to like a, such an important part of the movie and then i was like oh because my sister got the soundtrack and i didn't so we had to share it whatever i'm not here to talk about my <laughs> my sibling uh squabbles more like score than soundtrack because it's when she's like realizing that she's in love with josh right? um they're singing okay and it's okay cool, so okay. Uh, all so i'm counts. paying attention to is her anyway i was a baldwin <laughs> yeah I was really bummed. And by the way, like when she said that, I was like, he's the only guy I'm attracted to in this whole movie. What are you even talking about? He's yeah. Yeah. I was joking with my husband. If we re like the, I, cause I was listening to you guys and talking about recasting movies for now. I was like, well, Paul Rudd would still be Josh. Right? Yeah. He doesn't <laughs> but, so before I move on to that, I, I just want to throw this back out. So the song, the impression that I get, which uh, was a song that we actually played in my high school band because my band director said, you, you get to buy any stand tunes you want. What do you want to buy? And I said, that's the song I wanted to buy. Cause when third wave ska became a thing, I dove into mm -hmm. it and I haven't left that pool. Like it's, <laughs> that's still my favorite genre. I know I haven't, evolved as a human i don't care it's still my favorite my favorite genre of music and people i have to explain that to people a lot of times they say oh who's your favorite band oh it's a ska band from the late 90s and early 2000s what's ska 
<sighs> okay. <laughs> so the imp- sometimes put like an index card and just laminate them. Yeah. And keep them in your wallet. So the imp- <laughs> be like, just tape it to your forehead. Just be like, I like ska. I like ska. ska. Yeah. And there's a tw- there's a Facebook post that, that floats around the internet and and it's it says ska is the sound that a 13 year old plays in his head when he gets extra cheese sticks or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> But the song, That's the true. impression that I get is is uh, featured in such films as Step Brothers and Chasing Amy, Father's Day, Kippendorf's Tribe, and Digimon the Movie. It's, yeah, it's also featured. It's also featured as a playable track in the 2009 video game Band Hero and Rock Band Four. In say band hero. Band hero. Yeah. <laughs> oh, because that's when Guitar Hero was trying to compete with rock band. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was confused for me. Yeah, I was. I was like, so, yeah, impression yeah. that I get. So when that when that when they were at the place, they're at the club. I'm singing along, and my wife is just like, "You know this?" I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> and then they then the second song like, they play. Why don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> So the second song they play is, uh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but I actually learned how to play it on my trombone uh, because for about five minutes in high school, I tried to form a ska band. It didn't work, but um, I couldn't get enough other people because all of, all of my music friends were in band. The problem is, is that none of them could play guitar, you know? So it's like, you know, I feel like everybody has a wind that, instrument. Yeah. That every boy, in the 90s and early 2000s growing up had to try and start a band yeah like oh. i just feel like that was a part of growing up yeah <laughs> the, the closest my husband was in a band with his friend the, and they covered sublime and stuff like that so that's I awesome like that's really <laughs> i did not know that until this you moment you cannot grow up and become an adult until you try and start a band and cover ska <laughs> The, the closest I came really uh, was when I was the sound guy for a band in high school and college. Uh, they did not cover ska, though. But I did get to perform some ska at church because some of the uh, praise and worship songs we did, we did covers of a band called the Orange County Supertones, which is like a praise and worship ska uh, group. So I got to play the trombone part for that, which was a lot of fun. It was really cool. I wish there was video of it somewhere, but... That Me was too. that was in a time before that. We we sounded good. We sounded really yeah. good. Um anyway. Uh so so there's that fun little sidetrack. Uh let's see. Okay. Paul Rudd, I know you're listening to this podcast. We um we need to have a chat. Didn't tackle you. We need to have it we need to have a <laughs> chat, okay? I don't know if this is a Paul Rudd thing. Maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe it's me. But did you guys notice when he was making the sandwich when he was talking to Cher that he put the mayonnaise on the meat? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. My I, husband I don't even care. We were watching it this <laughs> evening and my husband was like, what is this man doing? He's like one piece of meat and he's putting the mayonnaise on that <laughs> and not the bread. <laughs> what kind of sandwich is that? I was insulted. Whatever he's doing is right because it's all <laughs> right. right. No, you know what? Like, I, I'm so glad that I didn't pay that much attention to it. The other 5,282 times that I watched this movie. <laughs> now that's all yeah. you're going to see. <laughs> yes. Like, what is this man doing? And there was a whole drawer of deli meat, by the way. 
Yeah. There was a oh, whole yeah. Of deli meat, and there was also and it was like, like, yeah, it was like one of those big tubs you take from a from a restaurant. It wasn't like a normal right. refrigerator drawer. Well, it was yeah. a massive thing. And also when she was snacking on carrot, oh my god. And also when <laughs> being uh, when Cher was oh my god <laughs> when uh, Cher was snacking on the carrots, there was also like this giant container of carrots and they're not like baby carrots they're not like small pieces of carrot they're like these long pieces <laughs> it's like lucy went to the kitchen and was like starting to cut them up and then mel called her and yelled at her and she ran away crying that's the only thing i share calling her mexican well <laughs> i would be too if i were from El salvador and she was calling me mexican thankfully i am mexican so i don't mind <laughs> you're, you're not like it is funny because it almost makes you feel like that there's like there's always other lawyers in the house, but like yeah. for them to have that much food in the refrigerator would make you think that there's always fifteen to twenty people in that house. Because Andrew, right. you're right, that meat is going to go bad long before Paul Rudd <laughs> eats it all. Five hundred dollar an hour billable hours. Yeah. <laughs> money refrigerator right there. That's what that refrigerator looks like. Yeah. They don't care that the food's going to go bad. She's donating yeah. caviar. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When she opens the cabinet, there are the cr- the car crackers and the caviar. <laughs> the car. <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw that uh, that bucket of meat and um, <laughs> bucket of meat. That was my nickname yeah. in high school. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> I saw that bucket of meat, and uh, I really just thought, you know, I bet someone in food services was asked to bring them some some deli meat yeah. for this scene, and they just brought the whole tub, and they were like, you know what? <laughs> it's fine. We're just going to use this whole tub. It's good. It's good. Well, it's probably because they can't have it like in those Hillshire Farm individual package containers right. because they probably didn't have, you know, license for it or whatever. Um, but <laughs> here, I think and, the best they could have done in '95 at the time, though, was like the Oscar Mayer. Like they still, and Oscar Mayer still uses these, like the yellow backed seal things, yeah. where once you open it, there's no closing it ever yeah. for real. Yeah, oh, it better go down the right way, Lies. yellow up, or all the meat juice is gonna just leak all over. <laughs> the yeah, I just put it in a separate container. So as the as the the person in my house that makes Big the sandwiches, right uh, that makes the sandwiches for the kids. Like I saw that bucket of meat and thought, no one is ever going to finish that. <laughs> exactly. It's Mel who's not allowed to eat it anyway. It's Cher who's apparently just eating like carrots and a handful of popcorn and two bowls of special K and some licorice. Yeah. And Josh, maybe it's because he's a growing boy and like they were like, I don't know how many sandwiches he's going to eat. If so I they thought- just got a whole bucket. Uh, if I thought for a second meat. that Mel ever went to the store for himself, I feel like he would have just rushed to grab it while Cher was in the other <laughs> aisle or something <laughs> and like hid it That's under what other it is. stuff. They had the pre-sliced meat for subs. They had yeah. the pre-sliced meat for subs. And he's like, give me the whole damn thing. Don't let her see it. <laughs> so he gets one like, I don't have time for you. Package it. Give me the drawer. Slice it into a bucket. That's well, what Cher's it is. Not there. That yes. has to be. What? <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, all right. I'm done yelling at him. Uh, although I will say this. Um, <laughs> so there's a couple of moments. So Andrew, for those of you who don't know, though most of you who listen to the show know this, Andrew is a teacher. He's a public educator. And there's a couple of moments in this movie where I'm sure Andrew just rolled his eyes. And oh no. Can I before I know where you're going with this, but before you go into this, um, God, what's the kid's name? Um, Travis. Hang on, 
uh, let's see. Elton? No, not Travis. Uh, Elton. Elton. Yeah. Yeah. Elton is my spirit animal <laughs> because he's every kid I've ever taught. <laughs> hey, he I lost love his it. cranberry CD, and that's a very yes, serious thing. But, you know, I love it when I ask a question <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And I see somebody's hand up. I'm like, oh, cool. This kid's going to answer the question. And they're like, can I go to the bathroom? I swear that never fails. So this kid, Elton, is my spirit animal. I nice. like how Miss Geist at the end was just resigned to this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like she just shows this video about like this horrific natural disaster. And then, this little, then this little jerk is just like heavy. <laughs> The the other stuff that I found really interesting, which I which is, I don't know if that's the way it is in the '90s, but it's kind of the way it is now. Is that, and I've experienced this firsthand, and maybe interesting this, I don't know, but like there's a scene where, you know, like Wallace Shawn, which we need to talk about him, but Wallace Shawn is talking, and the camera kind of pans around, and like no one is paying attention, right? Someone's <laughs> on their Walkman. Someone's on a cell phone. Like everyone had cell phones. You know, this was like right at the advent of cell phones becoming affordable. So everyone had them and they're small enough. Well, this was also them. Beverly Hills. You're right. right. Yeah, exactly. So everybody has a cell phone and there are people actively talking on the phone and he's just <laughs> walking around. And, and I say that, I don't know if that's how it was then, but I do know that there is kind of a mandate in teachers in education now where basically it says is that if the kid doesn't actively want to participate, you just leave them alone. You just let them. Really? So this happened at my son's school when he was in kindergarten. There were kids in the back of the room that wanted nothing to do with it. And so instead of the teacher trying to force them to participate, she just ignored them. Just go. It makes sense for kindergarten. Just go sit in the back and get on your phone and leave the rest of the class alone. Wait, but with the Uh, phone in kindergarten? Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's odd. I mean, I can, I think I can understand at least some of the thought process of not, not all, like not being like, hey, if you don't feel like paying attention, go in the back. But um, if trying to fight with this kid to pay attention and, and put their phone or whatever away is going to disrupt the learning of all of the other right. kids who want to be there and learn, then it's, kind of a losing battle and if that kid's gonna fail then they're gonna fail and that's but at the same time it's like that's well especially with great. schools being so, so underfunded and the yeah. teachers already being so strained and the the class the the teacher to student ratio being so out of whack and not but having still, other resources yeah. for it's a for whole mess yeah maybe social. it's just i i don't know maybe it's just the teacher in me the the idealistic teacher in me that mm-hmm. i would I would never let that happen because I want every kid to do their best and try their hardest. I think um, there's a difference a little bit though. But, and you know this, Andrew, cause you teach yeah, an elective. Yeah. I mean, right. You know, you're a band teacher. So 99% of the kids are in band want to be in band. It's, you know, the 1% that mom and dad made them take some kind of elective. They just didn't want to be an orchestra. Or, or they didn't want to take a PE true. or they didn't want to take art. You know, <laughs> they just feel like band is an easy A. We all had those kids. Right. But I mean, in my, my high school band, uh, which fluctuated in numbers like crazy, my freshman year, we were, there were 80 of us. And then the next year we went to 30. And then my, by my senior year, we were at 40. It was just 40 of us. But of that okay. 40... 40 people wanted to be in there. So that was never an issue. 
right? Behavior right. was not an issue because we all wanted to be in there because we loved it. So seeing this classroom where Cher is the only one paying attention, just <laughs> part of me was like, what is that? How is like, is the movie trying to make us think that's how things are? Or is that how things are? You know, because I think it felt like a really heightened exaggeration yeah. on kind right. of with the advent of cell phones kind of what high school is like. Like I have a 13 year old and her school is not like that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I have a problem student named Hannah. I'm just going to call her out and I know she listens to this show, but I have this problem student. Hannah, go to bed. <laughs> Hannah, she should be, she should be asleep. Um, but she's one of those kids, you know, that she's always on her phone, never pays attention. No, I'm just kidding. No, she's a great kid. I just know she's listening. I want to say, Hey, <laughs> Hi, Hannah. Good job on being a good kid. Yeah. She's a good, uh, she's a good What's cheapskate. She bought our merch and everything. That's awesome. In your yeah. band class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but Hannah, remember, we don't talk about this with other people that are, are not no. uh, okay, tell us the trustworthy truth. Is, students. Is your actual band class, is your band class, you just played the episodes of your podcast for them? Uh, no, I would never truth. do that. <laughs> your I would never do that. I don't want to lose my job. Most of our episodes are, are PG, but there's a few that, uh, you know, I like to keep my job. So. Yeah. <laughs> like how I dropped an F bomb. Like, like, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to drop an F bomb. And within the first five minutes, <laughs> <laughs> and they get bleeped out. The F bombs aren't a problem. The the fun episodes are um you know, my favorite to call to call Andrew out is obviously the one where he fell asleep. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah. That was many years ago. I was, it was at very young children. You were you were also sick. I think you, you were legit. I think I was sick. You either had the cold <laughs> oh or something, God. but you uh So he's really trying to take one for the team with young children and being sick and he gets mocked for that. Yeah, the, the best part though is because he I mean there's he's literally snoring on air. It's fantastic. It's oh, fantastic. I, I mean and and it's funny cuz Andrew I don't know why Andrew you've been a part of the show since episode 101. Right. So for some reason it still feels like you're the new guy, but you've done way more episodes than the guy who you replaced. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 311 by in fact. So we call uh, that the Misha Collins effect. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's been funny. So because the 25th anniversary recently came around for this movie, there have been articles coming out like, is Clueless problematic? And I'm like, you know what? Just shut Everything's up. Everything's problematic. Like, honestly. <laughs> Just shut up. Yeah. Okay. Because of the whole, and I I find it very interesting when people get weirded out by the Josh share relationship, not because of the age difference, because... He's, For me, I'm like 18 and 16 is like. Is he 18? Do we know that? He's he's a freshman in college. Okay, I don't. So he's 18, she's, maybe 19, and she's 16. She's, she's actually 15. Right. She says she's, she's turning 16 in May. She's 16 by the time they in April kiss because she took her driver's test and failed. I know. Oh that. yeah. And then she says, "I'm 16." Okay. Yes. Because so, they're not getting uh, married. Because okay, Meg, not Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's I so like that funny that too. people are like, it's incest. And I'm like, it's not. It's not. But it was <laughs> it's, funny it's, because the the first time, like literally this time viewing, because I've probably seen this movie four or five times all the way through. And it wasn't until this time where I went, wait a minute. She, he's like the ex stepbrother kind of a thing. 
Like, yeah, they were their their parents were married briefly, very briefly, five but years prior to where the movie takes place. Yeah. yeah, but they weren't ever really raised as siblings. And even in the movie, he refers to her as Mel's daughter, not his stepsister yeah. or yeah. his sister in any way. And I just think the age difference when people bring it up is funny because, again, this is based on Emma and Mr. Knightley. Right. Who Josh is based on is 16 years older than Emma. Right. Well, <laughs> and literally you know, held her as a baby. <laughs> oh, well, that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. He's still my favorite. He's still my favorite Austin hero. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, people did ask that question and, and do ask that question about this movie. But having taught high school now for 16 years, I have seen it happen very often, actually, where mm-hmm. kids will be dating and one will graduate and move on. And all of a sudden they're over 18. They're an adult and the other yeah. person is not, whether that's male or female. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't see a big issue with it. Uh, under the, under the sure. right circumstances, yeah. certainly. Um, the, had Josh in this movie been 16 years older, then it might have right. been. Right. Well, it would be a big, a big issue. But it's not like there's any evidence that he's like, right, he right. came upon his feelings for her. You watch it happen as the movie progresses. It's not like he's got the hots for her from the beginning or anything yeah. like that. So and I just I just always thought it was really funny that people were like, well, that's incest. I'm like, it's not. They're not related. Yeah. (laughs) Incest is a very specific thing. And then he's so much older than her. I'm like, he's two, maybe three years older. Well, the character is is two, maybe three, but the actors are five years apart. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, they were longer apart. (laughs) Yeah. So Paul Rudd's five years older than her. Now, again, she's 19 when they're filming this. Mm -hmm. And she looked older than him. No, well, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Paul, Rudd baby Paul Rudd's a vampire, yeah. so he's actually about 173. He really is. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I will well, say this about this this very specific topic we're talking about, you know, specifically age and things like that. Like, uh, and, and and Andrew, Andrew's comment about you know you you know kids dating high school, or whatever. When I was in college, I also dated a high schooler. I was 19, she was 17, and mm-hmm, you know it happens. Right. But like. All I could think about is that terrible Transformers movie that I made us watch for the podcast where the mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg's daughter is 17 and her boyfriend is like 18 or 19 or 20. And they made a point many times in that movie to point out that in Texas, they have a law that if you date and by date, I mean are having sex with someone when you're both minors and then you become an adult and she's still a minor. As long as that relationship was prior to you becoming an adult, it's legal. So right. hooray, Texas. But like for some Let's reason, take a moment and spell it out in our movie though. Yeah. The movie took five <laughs> minutes to, yeah. to explain this. And I thought movie, why are you doing this? Just make her 18 that we can, so we can move on. But Michael Bay had to be right. weird. It was, it was very strange. Well, I mean, it's Michael Bay. Yeah, I know. So. But it's funny because it's it's like Mel obviously adore loves Josh and cares about him and stuff like that. So I don't feel like it would be the same situation as Christian coming in when Mel asks him if he drinks. And he's like, no, thanks. He's like, I'm not asking. I'm not offering. Yeah. <laughs> you think I was serve alcohol to a kid who's taking my daughter out or something like that? Yeah. Oh, Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Christian. Uh, let's see. I like him better than Frank Churchill. <laughs> let's see. Last few notes I have are. Oh, I went. I we got sidetracked about the teacher thing, the teacher bit, where I was going is that when she shows up and she's like, hey, Mr. whatever his name is, she's like, I have this coffee here that I'm not going to drink. And he just <laughs> takes it. Andrew, would you ever take a coffee from a student? If it's a trusted student, yes. But I have been given some, you know, cookies or brownies before at around Christmas time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. like I've eaten some of them and then some of them have made their way to the trash can. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie. You know, I feel like the most shocking part is that's a really fantastic thermos. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I she know, just gives it to him. They're loaded well, she's because like, she's got a bucket full of meat back at the house. You know, well, she doesn't and I feel care. Like he can trust that this is good coffee because she's clearly trying to butter him up and argue with him for a better grade. And this is not the first time this has happened. We've learned this. So I don't know. I feel like I'd be Mr. Hall and be holding out until she brings me really good coffee. It just it, like. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. It just it just feels like such a weird thing for a teacher to accept something like that from a student. I don't yeah, know. It my, just my it, sister, it seems my weird. A teacher, my sister's a teacher, and she gets home baked goods from her kids. One of one of her kids, um, the, the 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 family is Haitian, and they made her this. There's a, a really amazing Haitian rum drink. That that you drink around the holidays, and she made her like this whole bottle of it, and we we shared it over the holidays once. So yeah, I, I guess. I guess it, I don't know. I guess it depends. Like, Ninety five is before nine eleven. It's before a lot of right. things that really yeah. you know raise everybody's heckles. But even now, when it's post all of that, we're still like, oh, they sent you cookies. Let's dig in. I think it depends I'm 100%. also. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it depends on the student. And Andrew said it depends on a trusted student. But I also think it yeah. depends on the age of the student. So, like, my wife teaches special right. needs kids. Mm-hmm. None of her kids can bake things. So, if baked goods come to her, it's from the parent. It's right. just through the child. So Same thing if I were to send something with my elementary school age kid to yeah. school. Yep. Like, he's not baking it. He's not they baking it. Make- so, right. Right, they helped. Yeah, they cracked the egg, and that's why that one brownie has some crunch to it. But like, <laughs> so anyway, like I um, promise I made my kid wash their hands seventeen times. Yeah. while we were making this, I, I remember I was cooking something for my daughter for a neighbor of ours, like for a birthday or something like that, and she was like helping me make it, and she's nine. And I'm like, okay, well, make sure you wash your hands and we'll get started. And she goes, okay, I wash my hands and immediately rubs her nose. And I'm like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> again, let's do this again. But I honestly wish I could buy all of my children's teachers like bottles of wine for Christmas. Because yeah. Oh my God, those are the best gifts. And you know what? You can. I'm just putting this out there <laughs> for all like, my teacher you know friends. I'm not a teacher. No, no. Let, let me I tell you this. Your kids. Uh, <laughs> you can't send it to school though. But mm-hmm. you can say, hey, if you want to meet me over here in the Walmart spot, <laughs> I'll give you your gift for Christmas. And I've had people do that before. And those are my favorite students. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, those are my favorite parents of students. I won't say students yeah. really should not be buying. Again, if my students are listening, do not buy <laughs> do not liquor. Do not buy me um, alcohol. <laughs> yourself out of but however, if your parents... <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been 
it's been funny this school year because I've had the gift that keeps on giving because one of my husband's really good friends that he went to school with is now our 13 year old daughter's teacher. Mm-hmm. And first day of school, her teacher brings it up that she knows her dad. And it's just been the most embarrassing thing ever for my daughter. And I just, I don't know Mm. why it warms the cockles of my heart a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) But in my daughter, because we've seen, obviously we've seen her teacher outside of school. So now my daughter's trying to get used to calling her by her teacher name and not her first name. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But yeah. I don't know. I love, I love Mr. Hall and Miss Geist. I think that's such a cute little love story. Yeah. Just, just a couple of nerds falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> I love the famous Cliff's Notes quote. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a pretty great one. Uh, <laughs> my last note, and then I'm going to move on to Cliff's because we're running extremely late, is, um, is that... Told, like we warned you. No, that's fine. <laughs> is that... Why is it only in film... Where bridesmaids or or uh, attend women at the attendees uh, women at weddings care about the bouquet toss. I have <laughs> I have been to thirty weddings in my life, and not one time patriarchy. Not one time did the women ever go. Ooh, let me fight for that. Like they did, they participated right. because it was a fun thing to do, and then it just it, whoever catches or, it just catches or, it. Like, their old aunties shove them into the under the dance floor. Yeah, they have yeah. to try and catch. Yeah, them. you go do it. Go do it. Maybe you'll find a nice young man up there or something. Like like. Yeah, and then all the men are always like really horrified to have to go and try and catch the garter <laughs> because you. Why would we get married? Well, like, and yeah, the, I think more ill that that's been somewhere. Ew, that's someone's garter. Why am I? Why am I trying to catch my cousin's wife's garter? Right. Yeah. I mean, because we did we did the tradition, and I threw it, and then so like it 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 turned out that I think my best man ended up having to put the garter on Sarah, my wife's uh, her best friend, her maid of honor. Like I think it worked out that way, and it was fine because they were both. Uh, I don't know if they were both single. She was single. He wasn't. But like. And he only went to like the knee, like it was okay. Like there was, it could have been un- awkward, but it's one of those traditions that like, it needs to go away. But yeah, well, yeah. Um, yeah. and it could have been super awkward, especially no, because Mexico, they, you have they to throw you young girls. Well, but it, okay. <laughs> yes. But in, in Mexico, uh, yeah, they throw the, the guy who catches the garter puts the garter on the woman who caught the bouquet using yeah. his teeth. Oh, that's that's a fun. Oh, that's a yeah, added that's, step. I so, like yeah. yeah, that can go away. Exactly. Yeah, it's probably more alcohol yeah, involved too. It's, I feel like it's a hundred percent patriarchy that it looks. Oh, like it is in movies that women are like dying to catch the bouquet. But like this was a woman directed film. Like even this woman said, "Okay, we mm-hmm. have to do this because people expect yeah. it." And Not like, only that, well, but Amy Heckerling was one of the women in the bouquet. Thing. And in fact, like, there's a, a trivia page that says that she's the one who was causing the most ruckus yeah. in, mm-hmm. the, the, in the fray. <laughs> and she's probably just having a good time with it. But like, yeah. and I'll say this, and I, I'm but sure she's also going for money because the pool was up to $200 on who right. would catch the bouquet. But <laughs> I, I think that there's a lot of like internalized misogyny where yeah. that kind of tradition is involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I think it's actually simpler than that. I think it's that most, and again, I'm gonna character. I'm gonna uh, characterize. That's not the word. I'm gonna. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of it. Generalize. Generalize. That's the word. Hollywood directors thinks think we're stupid, as yeah. as the viewers, 
And they, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like they think that's what we think is real. You know, mm-hmm. like every, every wedding place, here comes the bride and they all have to do this. And uh, there, there's a hundred other examples of when directors talk down to us as, as, uh, as the viewer. My, the example I use every time that this gets brought up, and I'm the one that usually brings it up, is in the movie The Thomas Crown Affair, where Pierce Brosnan takes yeah. a painting that's two and a half feet wide, sticks it in a briefcase, and then closes the briefcase. But he does it off camera so mm-hmm. that you don't see it. And then when he opens the briefcase and hangs the painting on the wall, it's completely undamaged. He would have broken it in half. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but it was off camera, and the director just assumes that you're stupid and won't notice that. So I, I, I really think hot, by the way, I just have to say. <laughs> I mean, that movie does have a pretty great sex scene, so there's that too. <laughs> Though sex on sex on stairs just seems really uncomfortable. It seems super uncomfortable, and it was very clearly body doubles, but that's okay. It was still a pretty hot movie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Every time I've tried to do that, I've always gotten body doubles to cover for me. Sure. I feel like they're were they also like marble stairs or something like. Yeah, it, it would have been very cold and very uncomfortable. Comfortable and, situation. Yeah, yeah it, it would have been the worst. Um, but it was a neat shot, and uh, John McTiernan directed it. So there's that. Uh, I think John McTiernan directed. It. Yeah, it's the guy who did Die Hard. I think is who it did. I think. Anyway. Time for clips. I am ready to play some clippy clips. Here we go. Time for this one's just called time. Why do you got to go there? Why do you got to go there? Isn't that time of the month again? I don't know why Dion's going out with a high school boy. They're like dogs. You have to clean them and feed them. and They're just like these nervous creatures that jump and slobber all over you. Ew, get off of me. Ugh, as if. (laughs) So... I love that scene that, that I, I captured that for two reasons. One, the whole, is it that time of the month thing? Like she should have decked him. Like she would have been yes. within her right to punch mm-hmm. him. But then like her description of high school boys, it's like, Oh my God, as a former high school boy, this is so <laughs> accurate. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm like, it's close to home. Oh yeah. It's 100% <laughs> accurate. Um, I was just, I, the, don't, I don't think we'd, we've had a chance to talk about how amazing Dion and her exasperation in this entire yeah. movie is because she is just so tired of everyone around her. And I love it mm-hmm. so much. She's my favorite character in this movie. Uh, She's I will fantastic. say this, 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 we, we've been talking for an hour and 10 minutes. We haven't brought up the fact that Brittany Murphy is in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Making, yes. you know, one of her early roles. Also, this movie has a, a sexual assault in it and mm-hmm. is kind of brushed aside, which kind of annoys me uh, in 20. 20- it's also very nineties. I know it is. It is very nineties. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not, con- I'm not saying, Oh, it's okay because no, of no, the no, time, no. but it's, it just, it is a product oh, of its the time. amount of times that, uh, well, you know, like thinking back, of course, even further back to the eighties, John Hughes movies. Candles. Yeah. Yeah. When they're just like all of these times that it's just, uh, done for laughs yeah. and here it's, uh-huh. it's it's done to bring up tension and to kind of uh, bring about that moment when Elton makes himself uneligible in Cher's eyes and where they have that, that break in the relationship and he, he strands her and she gets, um, she gets uh, mugged. mugged. Yeah. Right. But like, nobody's talking about the fact that like he's throwing himself on her and she's saying no, and he keeps doing it. And then he and, leaves her in the middle of a dangerous place. At, at yeah. Night. Like, yeah. And I, I don't think it was until maybe like 
even three, four years ago that I remember anybody really talking very much about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's one of those things where we get so used to this being just a funny, fluffy movie that's just a good time and everything. And it's not really until you think about it or somebody brings it up that you're like, oh, right. Yeah, there was that yeah. that scene. Well, and because the movie does kind of, you get a punchline a few minutes later, right? When the guy puts the gun to her and he's like, give me your mm-hmm. phone, give me your purse, now lay down. She's like, but this is an expensive dress. She says it's, it's something, right? It's an Alaya. Yeah. Alaya. You don't understand. And he's like, do it or I'll shoot you or whatever. And she's like, oh, you know, and she does it and whatever. And so like, so it's still kind of funny because of the moment. But yeah, we... We brush it aside, and then what really pisses me off the most, honestly, is there's no consequence for it. Right. right. Like I, I, it almost feels like this time. Why? Like if this movie were made today, um, her dad would sue the shit out of that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know that this movie probably could be made as it is now, like as it was made. Well, yeah, today, there's obviously a lot of things that you would have to change and modernize and stuff. But I mean, you know, iPhones and whatnot. But like. I don't know. I just, I, I was even surprised in then, even the nineties, we were a Sue happy time in the nineties. I mean, mm-hmm. again, that's, there's a reason why he had that big house. And well, in all likelihood, she didn't tell her dad. I know she right. didn't because she says that he would be mad at her. And that's why she calls Paul Rudd, which I'm still confused how she even did that. Um, I know. <laughs> but <laughs> because she doesn't, she doesn't know the number for, for Dion's house, uh, for the house where the party was, but why didn't she call Dion's cell phone? And she's somehow able to manage. She's somehow able to track Josh down at the dorms. So did she call four one one and say, "Hi, can you please reach the dorms at yeah. Josh's I'm not, college?" I'm not, I'm not willing to to think too much about that, just because I like. I'm, I'm more thinking I, I of like that little moment where she she schools Josh's pretentious girlfriend. <laughs> yes, about Hamlet. Um, actually, right. it was Mo- Polonius. I remember Mel Gibson. I know Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but, but I actually do appreciate it being called a sexual assault because I feel like so many people, when you talk about it being brushed over, I think it's something that people even today are just like, oh, well, he just right. made an advance on her and she said no. And I'm like, mm. no, yeah. And an advance is, is like, hey, do you want to go out? And she says no. That's an advance. Yeah, you know, right. he pushes, he puts himself on her. He invades mm-hmm. her bubble repeatedly. It's a sexual assault. I mean, and she tells yeah. him to get off. Yeah. He, and right. again, I know why and she I, doesn't tell her dad, but like he should go to jail. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. But th- that's the thing. Like, even today, if a woman were to say, Oh my God, I was assaulted. This happened to me. So many people would still say, Well, was that really assault? Was it really that big a deal? Yeah. They would say, yeah. Okay, well, it happens to everybody as if that makes it any better. Oh, you're right. You're not wrong. And it's, it's awful. And I don't want to turn this podcast into, to, um, uh, uh, a true crime episode or whatever, but like, <laughs> yes. but you're not wrong, Next time we're on. <laughs> but you're not wrong because someone would argue, well, you should see the dress she was wearing. She, you know, she it's was, right. and she was flirting and like all this stuff, like all these excuses other than the fact that dudes need to leave their, you know, keep their junk to themselves. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Uh, sorry. Time for, all right, time for some brevity. Speaking of brevity, here's this. Now, could all conversations please come to a halt? And could the suicide attempts please be postponed till the next period? (laughs) 
tries to jump out of first floor. First floor window. <laughs> and I love how he Travis brushes that so off dramatic. on the next teacher. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Hall's like, wait till next period. Yeah, let, let the art teacher deal with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I love that, that in this whole movie, the biggest diva the most dramatic person is travis yeah because he, he does yeah. this he tries to jump out and it's all for attention and then when he gets that that um oh and mr travis uh, birkenstock has reached the highest number of tardies and he goes he's like i i don't know what to say like he stands um, up I, like I, it's I an award show acceptance speech is amazing yes thank you to mcdonald's for never driving me yeah i think the the you know the, um, the staff the at mcdonald's for, for the chance. Unknown kid. Yes, yeah, the yeah. McDonald's people for taking hours making those. Uh, what is it? The sausage patties without which I might never the be tardy. Egg McMuffins, yes, egg McMuffins. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Without which I might never be tardy. He's such a awesome. great, genuine character too. Like he's a yeah. good. He's a good little stoner boy, and yeah. I love. <laughs> I love how heart. much he cares about Ty immediately, and how much he. Yes. She does not need to change. In any right. way, shape, or but form. But not only that, he's so respectful. I think, like, of all of the guys, mm-hmm. outside of maybe Josh, out of all of the guys... Of all the high school boys, the definitely. Most, yeah, out of all the, yeah. High, the high school boys. He's the most respectful. You know, Cher's yeah. uh, talking about how all of the high school guys are just, you know, awful and they're so immature. But I feel like Travis, yes, he's, like, the unwashed dude that she's talking about. However, he's also the one that when uh, Ty kind of pushes him away he just takes that and, and steps back and he doesn't name call her he doesn't you know tell her well you're pressure ugly anyway he doesn't pressure her none of that he's just like okay and then backs off yeah. it broke my heart in the party scene when she like gets knocked out by the shoe and then he comes and he has the ice and everyone ice, just pushes yeah. him aside i'm like let he's him tend to her he's just, baby. he's just trying to be nice to yeah. listen to coolio which I think. <laughs> oh coolio with Elton. <laughs> yeah. No, Ty Ty and Travis are just they're very cute. Yeah. Once Ty gets off of her, like she becomes a monster for a minute. <laughs> when well, she has she, her near death experience at the mall. <laughs> she kind of becomes the Lindsay Lohan character from Mean Girls. Yes. Like she has exactly. her she has her meteoric rise. I guess you can't rise like a meteor. She has her uh, <laughs> whatever kind of rise meteoric fall is the term you can't have a you don't rise like a meteor anyway she has her quick <laughs> ascension <laughs> she rose like dough left out to rise in florida uh, there you go. sure and then but she doesn't like crash down ever anything she like doesn't that. crash she there's just... no consequences of it other than she almost loses her friend and share but then they they reconcile in like five minutes which was Mm-hmm. Kind of unlike high school, but I think no, it's one hundred percent teenage girls. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> in a yeah. lot of ways, when they have you're a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> yeah, which is funny because in the trivia, Brittany Murphy was a virgin who couldn't drive when she said right. the line. So there's there's something funny there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of virgin, uh, this is an audio clip that I got uh, from Andrew's wife. This is a little awkward, but here we go. What that man needs is a good, healthy boink fest. Yeah. I, I can guarantee you my wife has never said those words. Good, healthy boink fest. That's amazing. I she, remember watching she, A, it would 10. not be that proper, and B, would never say the word boink. <laughs> uh, I remember 
watching this at 10 and being just thinking it was like this really funny thing and not getting a lot of the jokes and then watching it as I got older. I'm like, why did my parents let me watch <laughs> yeah. this stuff? And now I'm like, I'm trying to get my 13 year old to watch it with me. But she won't. She doesn't want to make me happy. No. Oh my god! <laughs> nice. I'm so dramatic. Speak. Hey, speaking of making you happy, what'd you do? Turn in some extra credit reports? No. Did you take the midterms over? Uh. Uh-uh. You mean to tell me that you argued your way from a C plus to an A minus? Totally based on my powers of persuasion. You proud? Honey, I couldn't be happier than if they were based on real grades. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Your I whole do. clip show should just be the whole movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we would get banned from most sites, and uh, yeah. So uh, Carl and I will just recite it to each other. <laughs> I have noticed that you're mouthing the words along with the clips, which is pretty great. So I, I'm very excited about this movie. What can I say? Yeah. No, it's, I'm, I'm here for it. All right. Uh, if you say the name now, apparently they say the name of the movie three times in the movie, but I missed the first time. Oh, yeah. Uh, quite a few times. Yeah, I missed the first time. So here's the first time I heard it. I'm amazed. That I'm devoting myself so generously to someone else? No. That you found someone even more clueless than you are to worship you. There you go. Uh, this line made me laugh. Searching for a boy in high school is as useless as searching for meaning in a Polly Shore movie. And that music behind it, that background <laughs> piano is just so perfect. Uh-huh. Uh, it's amazing. All right. Now, I captured this clip because it's one is funny, but I remember when the trailer for this movie came out, and I remember this line was in the trailer. They use this line all the time in the trailer because it's a funny line, and it's just an easy thing to remember. If it's a concussion, you have to keep her conscious, okay? Ask her questions. What's seven times seven? Stuff she knows. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that. Um, Every every father of a daughter has said this to the girl's date when he's she's taking him when he's being taken out. I can't use word when she's being taken out. Yeah. Hey, you. Anything happens to my daughter. I got a 45 and a shovel. I doubt anybody would miss you. Yeah. Now, my my would-be father-in-law never said that to me directly, but there was one time when I was dropping her off at home, and this is we were in college. We dated in college, not high school. Um, mm-hmm. I came home, and he was cleaning his rifle. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. And um, and I, I legit asked him. I said, I said hey, uh, you know, Mr. Pro, I said, I just got to be honest. I just got to be like, did you like time that so when I brought her home that the weapon would be there? And he said, no, actually, I went hunting today. It was just kind of a happy accident. And I said, okay. I said, how quickly can you put that together? And he goes, why? Do I need to? And I said, no, I'm just curious. And he goes, quick enough. Okay. So that, that was kind of the closest they ever came. The only other time that there was anything like that was the night that I asked for his blessing to marry mm-hmm. her. He was... Uh, he was literally um, flipping a knife up and down in his hands. Like he had like a, like a, a, a throwing knife that he a was butterfly like, knife. Yeah. It wasn't a butterfly knife. It was one of those like switch blades. I don't have one with he me. He was playing that game where you put your fingers spread out and you just take the knife and you <laughs> I mean, to your fingers. Yeah, basically. Like, what do you, what do you want? What are you asking? Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this is also funny. 
Christian had a thing for Tony Curtis, so he brought over some like it hot and sporadicus. <laughs> sporadicus. Sporadicus. I love that Tony part. Curtis. <laughs> I just love sporadicus like that for me. <sighs> it's one of my favorite things she says. It's right up there with Hadians. Yeah. <laughs> I and she's I love that she wants to bake something so it smells nice. <laughs> she just and she just dumps a cold dog of cookie dough into the oven. I just Oh, I, and by the way, she never turned off the oven. So like how is that house still standing? Yeah, exactly. Really magic. I love when she tries to push her hair back and falls off the and bed falls because off the bed. Yeah. So, I love that she is so beautiful and popular and like this whole she has this whole thing set up, but stuff like her falling off the bed and being goofy it feels a lot more relatable. Like it's not this unattainable perfection. Yeah. But I love when she that whole scene is so Cringy is not even the right word, but it's just adorable. Like she tries to play footsie with him and he just sticks pillows. On her <laughs> yeah, he wants nothing to do with it. And then the look that he gives, he's like, I'm pretty it's tired. Not- I'm going to like, I think at that point he realizes, wait a minute. She wants to have sex with me. Hmm. Yeah. And it's just like a, a teenage boy to take that long to clue in. <laughs> yeah, like even, exactly. Like even, even the gay guy is still clueless, right? Like, you know, he goes, hmm. Maybe she doesn't know. I should use more (laughs) hints like, hey, I'm gay. (laughs) Right. But, you know, that's one of those things with this movie is that, I don't know, like the the mid-90s, I I feel like uh, the entertainment industry in general was starting to come to terms with the fact that gay people exist and they're not going anywhere. So I guess we might as well put a couple of them in places, but it's still kind of really hidden. It's not like an overt thing where he just comes up and he can just be apparently. Well, it's a punchline still to be fair. It's it's still kind of a punchline. His gayness is a punchline. Um, And it's really sad. I mean, that's one of those things that watching the movie back, it Mm. does make me cringe a bit because he doesn't, get to be anything but but the the guy that she's into who turns out to be flawed because he's gay and his his gayness becomes a, a source of comedy when they're in the um in the car driving about to get on the on the freeway and then he gets reduced to all of these stereotypes of like oh well he he's now my my favorite shopping partner and he right, likes right. beautiful things which it's not to say that you know there aren't gay men who who enjoy those things, but it's like that's not the whole experience. And he doesn't get um, really anything to do besides that. And that it's really sad because I really <laughs> I, I think in um, in maybe a more modern setting, he could be well, not not just uh, allowed to be more fully fleshed out, but, you know, bisexual people also exist. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think, and I think because I think this goes a little bit too to being based off of Emma. They were casting him as the Frank Churchill character, and Emma, and an Emma Frank Churchill secretly engaged to Jane Fairfax, and that's kind of why they have this flirtation between Frank and and Emma, and they have this moment where Emma thinks maybe he's in love with her, and maybe she's in love with him, and then she realizes, oh, okay, I don't really feel that way about him either, and then he winds up being engaged to Jane and there's this whole hubbubaloo about how he kind of led Emma on while he was engaged to somebody else and kind of was 
kind of an F-boy between the two of them a little bit and like flirting with Emma in front of Jane during their secret engagement. And I think I think with the movie, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to have that kind of situation. And they thought, OK, we'll just make him gay. And I'm like, that's not great. <laughs> Right, because it's it's just using his gayness for like two step forwards, one step back. Right, yeah. <laughs> so two things I need to do, and then we need to I need to put the last clip. Um, <laughs> is that so? I did an interview. Her name is Tucky Williams, and she is a a, a a lesbian actress filmmaker. And in an interview I did with her, she basically says Hollywood is homophobic. And I, and I, yes. and that threw me off. I was like, w- w- still? And she's like, oh God, yeah. She says, it's gotten better in the last 20 years, but it's still terrible. And I said, oh my yeah. gosh, I didn't realize that. Uh, so that was a shock to me. And so I'm going to plug my own episode. Go listen to that episode uh, with Tucky Williams. But, but also, the other thing I wanted to mention was that, uh, Andrew, I think that Christian is our hopping man. We haven't had a hopping man in a long time, but he, we haven't. He's at no. the mall and then just disappears. Uh, for those who are listening new, Hopping Man is a term that we use for a character that comes into a movie, is introduced, and then just disappears and there's no resolution for. Right. Uh, go back and so listen to our, Chicago. Yeah, somewhere they got put on the cutting room floor. Yeah, like he just he's at the mall, he saves her, and then he's not in the movie. He's, he's, he's mentioned when she's talking about how she was wrong. But it's not like no, he, he comes back when she talks about how all of her friends have different things to offer. And she talks about how Christian sees the beauty and thinks all things should be beautiful. And we see right, a clip of them. At, that's true. They are looking oh, at no. art or yeah. something. They're at a they're at a whatever. You're right. OK. But physically, eh. we see him. But that's not the same thing as him being a part of the storyline after he saves Ty. Yeah. He kind of disappears. Eh, maybe he's not a full hopping man. Maybe he's a half hopping man. I don't know. All right. <laughs> Last, uh, you have to go back and listen to our Dark Man episode for that reference to make sense. But, I, I think yeah. a, a half hopping man is also a oxymoron. Yes. Yeah, but we move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last, last, uh, last clip. Here we go. It all boiled down to one inevitable conclusion. I was just totally clueless. Here you go. All right. Time for our game. That's right. We're an hour and a half into this episode and we've still got to play a game. <laughs> and right. uh, this week's this game is being sponsored by. Hello, meat popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics and books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. This is a game we call Hey, Did You Notice? This is a game where we ask you, Meg and Carla, uh, questions about the movie. You're going to go against me. Uh, This is not trivia. This is just stuff from the movie that Andrew pulled out and thinks is interesting. This will go back and forth. Uh, He'll ask you a question. If you get it right, you get a point. If you get it wrong, I have a chance to steal. Best out of five wins. Andrew, take it away. All right. So our first question is, In Mr. Hall's class, after shared debates about the Haitians, Elton asked 
to go where to look for his cranberry CD? To, to the, the quad. quad. <laughs> <laughs> that was in unison. Yes, that is correct. To the quad. Okay. Right, one point for you. I don't think I'm gonna have. A, I'm gonna win this one. I got I, a pretty good feeling. I think you're gonna lose miserably. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. All right, Sean. This question is for you. Yeah. Cher and Dion discuss skipping PE. Cher says she feels like a heifer because she ate two bowls of Special K, three pieces of turkey bacon, a handful of popcorn, and two other items. Oh, what were those other two items? They Meg knows. I know she does. Uh, 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 licorice. Okay. M and M's. That's one. M and M's. Oh, M and M's was the other. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Meg, for so, giving me the answer. <laughs> five, <laughs> five peanut butter M and M's and three pieces of licorice. Okay. Well, I'll give myself half credit. <laughs> All right. God, Meg. <laughs> Do you know how games work, right, Meg? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you First were time. done. I'm sorry. Okay. He'll, he'll throw to you if I can get it. All right. So here's the next question. When Cher gets robbed, she is on the phone trying to find a cab company. As the robber puts the gun to her head, the operator tells Cher the name of a cab company. What is it? Valley Cab Company. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Valley Cab Company. Jeez, yeah. I'm, thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to lose this one, definitely. All right, Sean, back to you. Yeah. Early in the movie, Dion confronts Murray about a polyester hair extension she claims came from what store? Oh, gosh, I don't know, Claire's? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's not Claire's. I'll throw it back to them. No. JC Penny. Like, oh. like Shawana wears. Oh, wait. Oh. Kmart. Kmart. It is Kmart. Kmart. You saved it there. She doesn't discount hair or polyester hair. (laughs) Polyester hair. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you guys have already won at this point, but we'll give you one more question just for fun. Yeah. After arguing with Ty and claiming that she has created a monster, Cher takes a walk. What's the name of the street that she walks on? I'm afraid it's going to be like Highbury or something like that. Or uh, I don't know the street name, but or Woodhouse. I, I'm gonna say Silverstone Road Highway. No, nope, I think it's Woodhouse or, or okay. Highbury or something like that or Highland. Ooh, this might be one you guys don't know. Sean, do you have a guess? Uh, Rodeo Drive. It is Rodeo Drive. <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> that makes a lot more sense than what we said. Oh, uh, well, no, Sean. Highbury or Woodhouse is a. Is a <laughs> I just because she Sean, goes shopping. Yeah, I know, but I'm so hey. <laughs> but she was shopping. Yeah. Yeah. Go. And that's the only street anyone knows in California <laughs> or in LA. <laughs> you know? That's true. Come on. <laughs> Drive. There you go. Yeah, those are from movies. No one knows where those actually are. <laughs> and they're only famous because of bad things. All right. Yeah, that's true. It's true. That was a lot of fun. And. Uh, Andrew, I think that's a first where we had all five questions answered correctly. That is a first. I don't think that's happened on our show because usually it's 112 episodes. Well, we've only been doing this for about 40, but um, let her have this. She needs it. You're correct. 412 (laughs) episodes. This is the first. I mean, that is true. Were these trivia questions answered in episode one? No, No, they were not. You're right. She's technically right. She is right. Four hundred eight and a half <laughs> years. I enjoy winning by default. Yeah. 
after eight and a half years of podcasting, this is the first. That's right. Um, but seriously, because usually it's like we win by one to nothing or like two to one. It's never been well, three to been two. There's been half a point. Yeah, we had one where it was yeah, half, half a point, point to zero. <laughs> but it also helps so, the fact that... I'm just a little obsessed with this movie. Well, it does, it, does make that, it does make a difference that you guys love this movie, right? Because uh, two right. weeks ago, we did my favorite film, but I wrote the questions. So oh, Serenity? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I love that movie. And I wrote the questions, and I still think we did all right. But anyway, time for this. Excuse me while I whip this out. This is time for our top three. We're going we're gonna to fly right on through here with our top three. So our top three category is movies that started trends or trendsetters, right? This movie kind of started people saying whatever or as if, and it kind of started a trend there. So I will let... Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe fashion too. But I will start with uh, with Meg. Okay, so I don't know if I got the assignment so much very well as far as trend setting. There's a lot of ways to take trend setting. Um, so I did, this movie was trend setting as, because it became an iconic movie and it was trend setting as far as high school comedies and rom-coms and stuff like that. So I went with other movie, my top three movies that were trend setting in the film industry. Um, and I have Lord of the Rings, the two towers with CGI. It really changed kind of how we did high fantasy and computer animation with Andy Serkis. Um, I know this is not what you guys are asking for. No, no, no. That that actually Um, works because you're you're tying into what I'm going to do. But yeah, you're right. Motion capture with that was, in fact, a a trend setting thing that would happen. Because without Lord of the Rings, you don't have Avatar. And it, it was it was it was a huge technological advancement. Um, Born Identity okay. and the Born series was trendsetting in having more of these close up documentary style action movies where you really kind of felt like you were involved in it rather than far away from all the fights. And I really like those movies because I'm trash and that's okay. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. And my number three, and these are in no particular order because I actually love them all. Number three is Shrek, which started the trend of more adult humor in animated kids shows Uh and movies um, to really make animated movies a much more whole family oriented story rather than being either just for kids or just for dar- adults a la Archer and stuff like that. So those are my top three trend setting because <laughs> I wasn't sure if we're like vocabulary or fashion. I just decided to go with the movie industry. Because- no, that's fine. That works. Uh, uh, Carla. Okay. The first one is one of my favorite movies, uh, the matrix. And it inspired a lot of movies that had a, a very kind of mind bending alter um reality altering mm-hmm. you know uh feeling to them so you know movies like inception movies like and also the the, the and style the black with the, leather trench coats right which is what, what i was gonna say uh like christian bale's movie oh god now i, well, I can't remember equilibrium I can't remember. equilibrium thank you yes wow which, pulling out the equilibrium 
with gun oh, gun fu or that's gun kata. Why, that's why I'm here. <laughs> the gun we played, yes. we played with equilibrium equilibrium on our podcast. <laughs> we did too. I like that movie. Though Tate Diggs uh, but, smiles the entire movie. That, like I don't understand how he can get away with that. Those, oh, we had a whole thing about how Tate Diggs just completely dropped the ball. This movie is good because of Christian Bale and that's it and the gun goddess, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Um but also just the fighting style, the, the fluidity in the fighting style, the bringing in elements of martial arts, but also a lot of technological um, uh, advances in the way that the, the cameras capture all of this motion. It's really, oh, I love the movie so much. Another one is the Blair Witch Project, because after that movie, everybody wanted to do like a Super duper cheap style. The found footage. Movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the found footage mm-hmm. type of, of movie that looked like it was just somebody's camcorder still going. Um, and honestly, like for me, nobody did it better than than Blair Witch. Blair Witch was, yeah. I thought, oh my gosh, I was so bowled over by that movie. And, and so much horror is off the screen, which is. Yeah. And. Uh, the third one that I'll mention, and I was torn between two, but I'm going to go with Twister because Twister really kicked off a whole series of, oh, God, the world is ending type movies or like this big, huge Disaster catastrophic film, event. Yeah. yeah. You know, from there you, you get things like Armageddon and, um, and of course, Deep Impact. It's twin uh, because it came out <laughs> the same year. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow, like all of these big uh weather disaster movies and there's really almost nothing scarier than um the kind of movie where it's almost completely out of your control because it's mother nature and unless you are going to strand bruce willis on an asteroid you almost are not going to avoid being taken over by whatever the hell happens right but you know fortunately in, in armageddon people survived Cows. And it really starts the trend of cows flying across across our movie screens. (laughs) Cow. Actually, I think that's actually I think that's the same one. Um, (laughs) All right. So my three, I did American Pie uh, for the trend set of this one time at Bandcamp. This that movie gave us that phrase, which I hated. Uh Um, it, It also gave us the phrase MILF. And oh God, uh, did, did. Carla, are you is okay? This is, might not be the is time for you to drink water. Terrible thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the water aside. Yeah, you've tried twice to drink water, and I've said two things, and I'm afraid you're going to spit take all over your camera. Um, I love when she drinks out of a giant pitcher of water. Yeah, it literally looks like a pitcher that you stole from like a restaurant. That's great. <laughs> or Paul Rudd's backpack. Yeah. There you go. With the script to the movie, that's how she knew all the stuff. Um, so yeah, American Pie. I mean, it's not great trends, but I mean, it it had yeah. a, a lot of those trends and and in pop culture references and things like that. They're not great. Uh, my number two was also The Matrix, uh, mainly for bullet time. the The movie really gave us that bullet time thing, and a lot of other movies did it. We had slow mo before then, but nothing that looked like this slow mo where mm-hmm. the cameras are moving locations and things like that. Like it really completely oh, changed it's fantastic yeah it, it changed the industry um i've had this uh, this conversation multiple times i'm not going to get into it but like where hollywood takes a leap there, there's there's set points right you know jurassic park changed everything yes. and then it changed again with the matrix and then avatar 
after that. Uh, before it, I, I look at movies like like Star Wars was a trend. You know, it, it was a breaking point, right? And then before that, 2001: A Space Odyssey. Like movies are going, and then all of a sudden, this new technology comes along. And you're like, oh dang, you know. So anyway, then my number one uh, trend-setting movie is Die Hard, because you can I look at Die Hard. like Die Hard Die is. Hard. A genre. Not a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. <laughs> but it's also a genre, right? Because you can go, hey, right. this episode of Star Trek is a diehard episode, right? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. this, you know, like every every time you do a movie where it's one guy versus a lot of thing, a lot of people, and they're in a location, you go, oh, Under Siege 2 is diehard on a train. Or Air Force mm-hmm. 1 is diehard on an airplane. Or... You know, uh, uh, Olympus has fallen is diehard at the White House. Like you, you use yeah, that I, as the as the genre. I also feel like a, a really important thing about Die Hard, especially that gets lost. I think, especially when you look at two, three, and four, like continuing on, is in Die Hard. John McClane is just a regular guy. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not as he's not like super. He's not. <laughs> he's not trained. Jason Bourne. He's just he's a not cop. Jason right. Bourne or anything like that. He is just a guy trying to save his wife. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's one of those things that kind of gets lost as as the movies progress too. Yeah. But I mean, I you can Die look Hard. at yeah, you can look at Air Force One and say he's just a president. He's just a dude. He yeah, he flew air uh, helicopter it's missions. Just Harrison Ford, but it's just Harrison Ford doing Harrison Ford things. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you know, Olympus has fallen. He's a Secret Service agent, so he's got a little bit of extra training. Mm-hmm. But anyway, right, uh, Andrew. All right, I have an honorable mention because it's not a movie, but Doctor Who, uh, the rebirth of Doctor Who, brought back the bow ties and made bow ties cool again with. Uh, was it Matt Smith? Is that his name? Yes. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that one. Uh, then I've got. I went very kind of. Uh, uh, I don't know. I took this quite literally. I think the Italian job. Uh, everybody started driving Mini Coopers. You know, there was yes! a kind of an explosion of Mini Coopers. I almost I bought one. Italian job. I still want one. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> oh yeah. I still want to be able to jump it down steps as well. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Men in Black. Um, there was a surge of, I remember people were just wearing black suits and, and sunglasses everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, uh, I also have star Wars and this is a personal thing because it's, it's kind of a dad joke that every time you go into a, a a Walmart or a a target and you go in those self opening doors, you wave your hand and, (laughs) uh, and you do the dad thing where you're just like, yeah, I opened that with my mind. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, use the force. Yeah, I use the force. Yeah, so uh, there we go. I like it. Uh, Twitter, uh, not very active on Twitter, but I haven't been active on Twitter in the last few days because I was on like a little mini vacation, so maybe the algorithm wasn't working. Uh, so uh, Drew from the Attitude Era Wrestling Review Podcast, who we had on last week, says Star Wars: A New Hope, Iron Man, and Caravaggio. Sean Bean's first on-screen death, so making it trendy to kill Sean Bean <laughs> on camera. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I like I, it too. I think it's so funny, Andrew. You mentioned the Italian job because I remember being such a pretentious POS when that movie came out because I was just like, <laughs> I want a ratty old Mini Cooper like Jason Bourne. I was obsessed. I don't know. If you, I was obsessed with the Bourne identity yeah. when it came out. Because, so- but I just like those are so fancy. <laughs> Mini Coopers, I want the trend. Which well, is yeah, you just you just want no the mini. Yeah, you want I that want seventy-eight the- mini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and Jason Bourne or Cooper. Maybe it's just called it. Cooper. No, I can't remember. It, the The name was added later for something. I can't remember when BMW bought it and turned it into the cars for the Italian job. Uh, that's when they added the train. So that's what I'm trying to think. Is it a mini or is it just the Cooper? Now I, think I can't it's just remember. A mini. I think it used to just be a mini. I think it I might be, be wrong. I can't remember. Or it was just, the, it doesn't matter. Anyway, I know I'm your point. It. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew <laughs> will research. We need to know. Actually, we don't, but you're not wrong. I, I test drove a mini. I test drove an 04, 05 mini right when we had, right after we had our first kid. And cause at the time I had a, a nice big pickup truck. And I got a job where I needed to do a lot of driving. So I was like, I really need to get something that's got better gas mileage. I really want something I can drive into the bed of my truck and take with me. And so (laughs) I was looking at, and I was looking at a Mini Cooper and my wife literally says, you can buy it, but you're the one that has to put the car seat in the back. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I got a, I got a Mazda. That's why we didn't have one either because we were like, it's a two door car and we have kids and I don't want to get out and have to flip my seat to let them in and out of the car. Yeah, exactly. So now I'm just waiting till my oldest can drive and then I'll get my, finally get my, well, I've, I've, I've said many times when my youngest is now, when she's old enough to not need a car seat, I'm buying a Wrangler. I want a two door <laughs> Wrangler that I can take the top yeah. off and do stuff like that. All right. That's so it. It was a ri- originally a mini, just so you just know. Just a mini. Thank you. Just a mini. Appreciate that. So I can sleep now. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Time for this. <laughs> Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give this movie a score from zero to 10. I get a pretty strong feeling where the ladies are going to stand on this one. Andrew, you go first. Okay. Uh, I've already closed out of it, but I'm pretty sure it was somewhere like 6.9 on, on IMDb. Yeah, 6.9 on IMDb. Um, you know, I had a good time with it. I, I can't say that there's much about this movie I didn't like. So I'm going to be right there with it. Plus, that's a fun number for me. So 6.9 out of 10. All right. Yeah. Uh, Meg. I'm going to go like a 9.8 out of 10. I think this movie is one of I think it's iconic. I think it's a fantastic movie. I think overall it really, really holds up. I mean, this movie is almost 30 years old now and it's still in a lot of ways really relevant. There are some problematic things in it, but of course there are. It's from the mid 90s. Um, And I just I love it. And it's a movie that I can still watch and enjoy not just for the nostalgia of remembering what it was like watching it when I was a kid. I just, I think it really holds up and it's just one of my favorite movies ever. (laughs) So. No, that's all right. That's all right. Uh, Carla. I'm going (laughs) 9.7. Okay. Just to be controversial. No, no. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to grade it just slightly harder than Meg. Uh, No, but it's, it's 9.7. It's an almost perfect movie for me. I've watched this between uh, in, in the last week and a half. I've rewatched it a solid seven times. Um, I, I can just have it on, and I'm so happy just having it on. It just it it just really stands the, te- the test of time for me. All right, uh, I had a good time with it. It's a lot of fun. It's not a perfect film, but I think it's really good, and it's a good time. It's well made. It's well acted. Uh, the music is fun. Sean Wallace, by the way, uh, Wallace Sean, excuse me. Uh, the man with two first names is uh, our Star Trek connection, which is also cool. And uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Just a good salt. I can't give it an eight. I have to give it something else. I have to give it an 8.1. There we go. An 8.1. <laughs> uh, 
that makes <laughs> makes the math work. It turns it into an eight point six two five. We need that extra point two five to distinguish it from other films, and ah. that's the way it goes. Because other films in that 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 range include such movies as I'm looking. This is why the podcast goes so long. Let's see. UHF is at an 8.45. Definitely that, not Carl and me this episode just talking. Yeah. Mostly me. Yeah, mostly you. It's okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, it also lives right next to crap. I just lost it. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Oh, there's a go. Uh, eight points uh, into the Spider Verse. This is right there next to Into the Spider Verse. I would never have That's thought that movie. that was, uh, <laughs> that would ever happen. But yeah. Yeah. So. There we go. Well, I mean, Into the Spider-Verse, Spider-Verse is a fantastic movie. So it is. I can see why it would be so close to Clueless. I think uh, I think somebody <laughs> somebody that voted on that voted incorrectly is what I'm going to say to that. <laughs> <laughs> what, because it voted it too low? No, yes, I absolutely <laughs> think that. Uh, somebody, well, I don't know. Andrew gave it an 8.2, so I'll blame him. There you go. Oh, Spider Verse. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. Sorry, it's okay. Uh, Stand by. It's okay. No, it's fine. That's our show, everybody. Thank you for listening, uh, ladies. Please tell our listeners where they can find your show and all of that good stuff. You can find Bedwet or Behead podcasts wherever you get beautiful, reputable podcasts, and even places where you can't. You can also find us on Twitter at Bed Wed Behead Pod on Instagram at Bed dot wet dot behead dot pod on other blue social media you can also look up bedwet or behead podcast uh you can find meg on twitter at wisconsin that's w-i-s-c-o-n-s-e-n-n-a-c-h you gave me the name i know and you can find me on twitter at carla that's c-a-r-l-a-t-e-m-i-s that's also my instagram handle and my website is carlatemis.com very nice. Okay, I already told you what we're doing next week. Next week we're doing Joker, and I'm very excited with for to do that. Uh, we're gonna have the uh, the cast of Designated Quizzers join us for Joker. Is it the Joker or just Joker? I can't just remember. Just Joker. Joker. Just Joker. Joker. Okay. I haven't seen it, so <gasps> me either. I yeah, Meg, don't watch it. <laughs> Meg, I, have no don't. Des- I have no desire to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hadn't I didn't watch it well, Andrew knows this. I have kind of a um an a um and a what's the word aversion. Aversion to DC films because they're yeah. all kind of oh. terrible. But I know that this one won an Oscar and all that stuff, and I I do want to see it. I just haven't because I haven't. And also because it doesn't make sense with any of the other movies in the timeline and that stuff matters to me and whatever. So next week <laughs> we're gonna do the Joker. And I'm going to start asking questions like, well, where's Ben Affleck and things like that. So, <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, go to our website, cheap seat reviews dot, uh, well, cheap seat reviews dot com for the next uh, few weeks. Pretty soon it's going to go to something else. Uh, Twitter is at cheap seat cast, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews and linktree dot cheap seat reviews or linktree slash cheap seat reviews. And you can find links to all of our stuff, including our merch. Go buy something. Be like Andrew student and buy something. That would be cool. Help <laughs> help keep the lights on. Help keep the podcast going with your financial support. Also, patreon.com slash cheap seat reviews. There you can get our brand new sticker. I have brand new stickers. The neon sticker that we did for Gunpowder Milkshake. That's where you can get it. 
Um, also, you can get it at our merch store as well. That's going to do it for us. So on behalf of Andrew, Meg, Carla, and Sam, this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next week for Joker. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.